Hi, I'm Brenda Burns, and this is the Vienna Assembly of God Sermons Podcast. Thank you for listening. It's an honor to share this time with you. Learn more about the ministries of Vienna Assembly of God at ViennaAG.com. Please leave your comments and reviews on the platform where you're listening. And now for today's message. Good morning, everybody. I learned something this week, and um, I don't know about you, but we want to be constant learners, right? We want to keep learning. So here's what I learned this week. Have you ever bought a box of uh, LaCroix water or soda pop or something like that? It comes in a box, and it's got the cans inside. And the boxes are set up in a way that there's a, a little perforation on it that ca- you can keep the box in your refrigerator and keep the cans kind of organized, but it opens just enough to get out one can at a time. And so I was trying to open this box, and it was not cooperating with me. The, it had the perforations on it, but they weren't good enough that that my hand was strong enough to break through the perforations so i picked up the nearby pair of scissors to help me go break through the perforations and i did something like this boom 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 and i learned something that's not a good idea for getting your cans of soda opened, especially if they're fizzy, because my when I did that, I also punctured through one of the cans, and then here comes all of this water spraying out at me. So if you did not already know that, I hope you can learn from my experience, and, um, and, and we, we'll just learn together, okay? So I learned something this week. I'm not sure if you're going to find any metaphor in that that mixes in with the message, but you know, God moves in mysterious ways, so we shall see. I want to review really quick. Today, we, we are continuing in missional presence. Today's topic is justice, but my I want to review one thing from last week that was just the thing that keeps sticking with me when we were talking about hospitality. And it was learning this word, erpa, which is an Egyptian word that the early church in Egypt used that means practicing heaven. And that when we are talking about formational practices, being deeply formed, this whole time that we've been talking about this, that is what we we are practicing heaven. But most especially when we come together in church. If you'll remember our study last year in the book of Revelation and the many visions of the throne of God, the, the worship before God and the calling out that he is worthy, he is worthy. When we come together in worship here, we're just doing that again. We are practicing what's going to happen at the throne room when we are finally all together in the new heavens and the new 
earth. And it is a formational practice. I have heard from several of you and know where you are this morning that weren't able to be here. Thank you for letting me know where you are. But I am going to continue to encourage us to move out of pandemic patterns and moving into Erpa patterns, practicing heaven and getting back together um, as we do this in the name of the Lord. Today, our topic is justice. And I feel like this group is well versed in understanding standing for justice. But I hope that we can find a few fresh insights today to help us because as we have to continually cultivate this practice as a part of having missional presence in the world. Missional presence, what does that mean? Being on mission with God, doing what he has sent us to do, doing what Jesus is called to do, through us. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. Our scriptures come from very early in Jesus' ministry and then right before he ascended to heaven. So these are from the book of Luke and then the book of Acts, which Luke also wrote. And so this is a very interesting thing to think about, but very early in his ministry, after he had left the River Jordan and been baptized, the Spirit had led him into the wilderness for the temptation. And then in the book of Luke, this is the very next thing that happens. Luke 4, beginning at verse 14. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. And then from Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. 
Father, I pray for your anointing today, that we would receive your word as good seed, that it would fall into good soil of our heart, that it would bear much fruit. Anoint me as I speak. Help me to say the words that you want for this people this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, justice, practicing justice, how, how does that work? Well, one thing is, is obvious to all of us. We are born with a bent towards justice. In the book, Rich Velota shares that his three- or four-year-old daughter, one of the most common and first phrases that she learned to say over and over and over again is, that's not fair. How many have ever said, that's not fair? Aha, uh-huh, aha, uh-huh, yeah. And um, so was it only when you were a kid or do you hear it sometimes? Do you hear yourself saying it right now? That's not fair. Like me, when I punctured the water, like I'm just trying to open a stupid box. That's not fair. It's, it's squirting all over me, you know. It's a thing that we have a bent towards justice. And um, some researchers worked with some young children. I think they were five or six years old and learned that they definitely have this sense of justice, especially like if something's unfair to them. They were working with puppets, and one of the puppets would um, take a cookie that was supposed to be the kids, and they, and they would definitely feel like that was not fair. But then, then they, they would try it another way where the puppet would take a treat that was supposed to go to another puppet. And in that case, the kids still were very much about that's not fair, they, that that's not right. When they saw someone else being mistreated, they wanted to see that fixed. So we have this born into us, this understanding of when things should be fair and when it's not fair. There is a lot of injustice in our world. And I, you know, literally, I think the headlines every day are filled with one level of injustice or another. Something where, whether it's corporations <laughs> doing things that hurt the environment, whether it's um, political situations where one group of people is being um, oppressed at, at, for the benefit of another, whether it's the situation in Ukraine, uh, war crimes. There is uh, the situations of, of human trafficking. There are situations all around us of injustice. What's important for us to understand in this reality is God cares about justice. Righteousness and justice are very closely linked. In the Old Testament, it is often, it's the same word is translated righteousness as justice. In this opening statement that Jesus made when he took the scroll from Isaiah, he is addressing some very material situations. 
he's not just talking about the sweet by and by. He's not talking about a disembodied life in God where uh, freedom comes. He's talking about real poverty, real chains of oppression, real blindness where people are healed. And he is saying the good news is here to proclaim the liberty, to set free the captive, to let the oppressed be free and for the blind to be able to see. When I think about injustice that, that is in our world, that blindness is a real thing to not just the physical blindness to not be able to see in front of you, but the blindness to not be able to uh, perceive where the injustice is. And Jesus is bringing the deliverance from that. So there's so much injustice in the world. It's important for us to think about this. What injustices most concern you? What are the things that really rile you when you see it? And we're going to come back to that in a moment, but I want you to begin considering that. In the practice of justice, it can feel overwhelming, like where do we begin? Because there is so much in the world. I heard a talk this last week, and Bishop Claude Alexander was one of the speakers. And I loved this thing that he shared about our text in Acts 1-8. You know this text really well, where it, it says, You will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The way we have come to understand that many, many times, and I've heard it preached, maybe I've preached it, that this is telling us, well, you start at home, so in Jerusalem, and then throughout Judea, you know, it's like a concentric circle being built around the, where they are. And, and that's one way to understand this saying. There's, a, there's an issue with that, though, and especially when you're thinking about who was Jesus talking to when he said this, because Jerusalem was not their home. So he told them, stay in Jerusalem, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. Why did he have to tell them that? Because they were ready to go home. <laughs> they were about to just go back home home and he said no stay in Jerusalem so what Bishop Alexander said is what Jesus is really saying is start where you are you start where you are and in our practice of justice when we can feel so overwhelmed and there's so much to think about the injustices where are you start where you are That's how to begin in addressing this. In our text in Acts, it goes on to talk about going from there to Judea. Well, what did Judea represent for those disciples? It represented religious elitism. It represented the Jewish 
system that was going to persecute the Christians. It represented that religious spirit that would be against the good news going forward. How many know there's a religious spirit that is not in cooperation with justice going forward, even in our day, that that is something that we will have to deal with as we practice justice. And then Samaria represented to those disciples that Jesus was talking to the ethnic and racial tension in their world. They were going to have to overcome those realities to follow Jesus and be his witnesses in Samaria. And then he said, you can't stop there. You've got to go to the ends of the earth. One of the realities of the truth of the gospel is we cannot fully experience it. We cannot function in true justice and righteousness in a homogeneous existence. We have got to expand to the whole world, just as the early church did, and that we need everybody as a part of the body of Christ so that we can learn from each other, so that we can see through eyes from different perspectives and be able to understand how to implement justice in our world. Bishop Alexander, who's an African-American leader uh, from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, he said, you know, we've gotten pretty good at this to the whole world part. It's that Samaria thing that we kind of get hung up on. And that reality of dealing with the ethnic differences, the racial differences, even in 2022, still is an issue that we have to keep working on. So how do, what does this mean then? Start where you are. Well, for one thing, what Rich Velotis emphasizes, it doesn't have to be big. We can think that it, if we can't do something amazing to make a difference, then there's nothing for us to do. There's, really, there's only one uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not called to be him. I know that. And I don't know that any, I don't know if any of you are either. But we can't measure our impact for justice against his. And even he had to start where he was, taking one small step at a time. So we mustn't use that as an excuse that that, it, it, well, I can't do anything that big. I can't make that level of impact. So I'm not called to practice justice. No, we are all called. It doesn't have to be big, but start where you are. Now, name your burdens. This gets back to that, what is it that riles you up? And this really is a practice for each one of us to consider. The other thing I want you to consider is the reality of what has been unfair to you. Because I, I want to make sure that you hear that Jesus sees you where you are in whatever mistreatment you've experienced, in whatever unfairness and injustice has happened to you. 
Jesus wants to lift you out of that. He wants to heal the hurts. Says a wounded reed, he will not break. He will he will heal each of us because all of us have faced something of unfairness, of mistreatment, something that wasn't done right. That is true for all of us. Jesus sees us. In that, in our life, our experiences feed into, then what are those things that really get under our skin? What is the thing that really bothers you when you see that injustice? Because none of us can do everything. (laughs) None of us can. None of us can fix, as if we could fix it anyway. But we can't fix even most things. But there is something. There is something. And if as you name your burdens, God will use that. Frederick Buchner is quoted in the book, and he says this, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness, the thing that gives you that strength, your deep gladness, and the world's deep hunger meet. There is something that is going to be your passion, and that is a good place to start in practicing justice. How does this work out practically? What can you actually do? Well, first, you need to work in community. Find others with a similar passion to that that is affecting you and join your energies together. We are not called to be lone rangers. So for for us as a church, many of the missions things that we support would fall in this category. We support Project Rescue. We support One at the Well. We support feeding programs here in our community. We support Belong that reaches out to um, communities right here in Vienna that need support. Um, These are ways that we are not being just lone rangers. We are joining with others to help and do something. Work in community. Do this with others. Secondly, speaking up. Don't be silent. This can be a hard one. Um, Whether it's uh, the idea of engaging in social media, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, or if it's um, speaking up at the office, if it's speaking up on the playground, if you see a bully, if it's, if it's speaking up in your neighborhood when something is going not, not quite right, it, it's hard. It's hard to make that choice. And another reality is it can feel like, well, there's so many other people out there all saying their thing. How is my voice going to make a difference? And, and you may have to choose wisdom as to when is the right time to speak up. But there does come a time when justice will require us to raise our own voice. Dr. King said, a time comes when silence is betrayal. In this last uh, two years, you know, we've been very intentional about not being silent. 
when it came to issues of racial justice, when it comes to issues of, of just some of the um, problems that we've seen in our society. Uh, recently, I've become more and more aware where silence becomes betrayal in situations where, in, in church situations, not our church, but just out there, where there's been sexual abuse or um, harassment and to try to protect whatever, a cloud of silence gets put, so, put over that instead of dealing with the issue and protecting the victim. There are times when silence is betrayal and to practice justice, we may have to lift our voice. And the final one is to carry your cross. And we're going to move from this point into receiving communion together. Here's the reality. Practicing justice isn't necessarily going to be easy. There are going to be times when it's, you're going to be aware, I am carrying a cross here. Jesus was crucified for many reasons, as our substitute, yes. But the reason he was so despised and mistreated by the powers of his day was because of his stands for righteousness, his stands for justice. He stood up for the marginalized, for the oppressed, and he stood against the powers. And we must acknowledge this truth that justice is not for the faint of heart. And to be settled in that, that when we are carrying that cross, we are carrying it with Jesus. We are doing his work with him. And so there is a cost. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, take up your cross daily and follow me. Rachel is going to come and sing for us, and Eric's going to distribute the communion elements here in the building. If you're joining from home, please have your elements prepared. As you consider the cross as she is singing this song, I want you to make that commitment to carrying your cross. Is it speaking up when you see a bully? Is it writing your representative about an issue? Is it joining a group that fights human trafficking? Is it volunteering to serve meals to the hungry? What will it mean for you to take up your cross and join Jesus in setting the captive free, opening blind eyes, and letting the oppressed be set at liberty. Let us consider this during this song.
your elements. I'm going to read from the passage in 1 Corinthians. And then I want us to um, share the prayer of confession together. It comes from the Book of Common Prayer, but it's a it's just a very helpful way to examine ourselves and confess before the Lord. And uh, as it says in Corinthians, and as we talked about on the practice of interior examination, this is one of the most helpful practices we have along with communion to this moment to confess before the Lord. And so let's look at 1 Corinthians 11, 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. While we hold the bread, I want us to read this confession together as a way of interior examination. So let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor all together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent for the sake of your son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. Let us receive the bread.
In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. The beauty of the reality of confessing before the Lord is that we are promised that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We are forgiven. And I declare to you, you are forgiven as a gift from heaven. It's not from me, but I, as presenting God's word to you, want you to hear that and receive that forgiving power today as we receive the cup. Let us receive it together. Formational practices that make us into the people God has called us to be so that we have his presence going with us wherever we go. That's what this is about. And one of those practices is walking in justice. And so I want to send you out with a blessing today. And I want us to go out and, and practice this according to what God has put on your heart today. So here we go. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen and amen. If you enjoyed today's message, why not share it with a friend? I invite you to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and our YouTube channel. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments. So glad that you were with us today. Look forward to seeing you next week. At Vienna Assembly of God, we love God, others, and life. And we're leading our community in a growing relationship with God.